What's up, soccer players? On this episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience, we are talking about fitness for players who are on the bench. So if you do not have a starting role and you'd like to get to that level someday, this episode is for you. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. Let's start off very, very basic. Will a six-pack help me as a soccer player? Logically. Why pre-game meals are important. If you do strength training, you can generate more force on the ground. It will take you less stride to get that ball. Until you get there, you can make that up with hard work and dedication and training. On top of it, right? So if you're a player that has little to no training history, imagine the, the gains and speed that you can get in such a short period of time because you're doing things. This is why strength training is important. I don't care how you do your strength training. I don't you know, some people like to go to the gym. I just wanted to double down on that really quick. The point is, you have to get stronger. Hello, soccer players. Welcome to the latest episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It is me, your co-host, Andy, with my main man, Berg. Berg, how you doing today, bro? Bro, I have a massive headache. Massive headache. I played yesterday for three hours, played on, on, play a competitive game, and then went and played pickup afterwards. Thinking I'm 19 years old, of course, and... Now my whole body hurts. All the joints broke. <laughs> Even my rib hurts. I got to breathe heavy. I take a deep breath. Yeah, there we go. It hurts. Those muscles are tired too. Oh my god, man! <laughs> How you doing, bro? Doing good, man. Uh, apartment's almost completely set up now. Uh, I have orientation at work tomorrow. I go back to work tomorrow, man. That's whew. Haven't done that in a while, but <laughs> yeah, three weeks of not doing anything. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I was traveling a little bit, but now I'm finally here, settled. Um, got my nice TV, man. I can watch TV like soccer. What do you mean you couldn't watch TV before? I, I mean, I was watching TV in bed and like watching games on like my computer and iPad, but now it's oh, like, so now you have you have a living room. I have now, a living room, huh? yeah, that's what I meant. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god, man, you've been deprived. Bro. I have, man. Yo, I can live it here. I see why they call it a living room now. Listen, man, wait till you get wait till you get your own house and you have a, a basement. You have the whole setup going. You might never go back upstairs. You mean living room setting? That's in the past now. If you have your own man cave, you might never go back. Oh, this is true. This to is having true. a living room anymore. So enjoy this one while it lasts, man. Oh, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, I'm here at least a year, so TBD. But, um, yeah, today we're talking about fitness for uh, for players on the bench. Um, this, this might be a, a tough episode for some people to listen to. But um, with this one here, we're really going to talk about if you're not in a starting role, uh, one, how do you keep your fitness level high? And two, what to do in order to to keep it high because you could be called upon at any time to become a starter. And when that moment comes, you have to be ready. That is so true. So true, man. Hey, I, 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 if you're on a bench, you're not getting you – know, you may be training with the rest of the team, but the extra crisp fitness that you need to have, you, you, you don't have it. So if you're not doing – some players, they get extra fitness while playing the game. You know, they don't have to do that much in training because they're getting that conditioning in, in doing the game. But you, because you're not out there playing 90 minutes, your conditioning is not up to par. So that's why we're doing this. We're not doing this just to mess up with you guys. <laughs> uh, but uh, fitness as a bench player is really necessary. You, you have to put in extra work 
because you're not out there playing 90 minutes game. Yeah, and th- this is why like we want to start off the episode by saying like this isn't for for to degrade anybody and and we're not here to to destroy your ego. Um but if you are listening, hopefully, I mean we're 3 4 minutes in by now, hopefully you have removed your ego from from your train of thought temporarily at least because this is a moment of self-reflection and to improve your game. Um but first we need to start off is extra fitness truly necessary? Um, sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't, but I think that again, if you're not playing at least 60 continuous minutes per week, um, you're going to have to do some sort of extra fitness. Um, and that, that does depend on your level of play and your age and everything like that. Um, but it's, it's really something to consider because the match play, like you said, Berg, it's the most dense and most intense form of conditioning you can do. Um, and it's also the most specific to you yourself. So. Um, you have to really reflect is, am I getting at least 60 minutes per week? If not, then I need to do something on the side. Yeah. While you, while you may not have the, what we call it, match security, um, um, the instinct of the game, because you, you're not playing as much, what you have on your side is time to recover. Because if you're not playing extra, um, if you're not playing week in and week out, like you can get some extra fitness work and able to recover on time because of that time you're not playing as opposed to the starters who they, after they play the game, they, their, their recovery time is, 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 is shorter than you. So I think that's, I think that's a, it's a benefit in itself just to put in some extra fitness work because you're going to be able to recover faster. Not faster, but you have a longer time to recover. Yeah, and that and even the fact that you can truly plan out your conditioning to the meter, right? Like if you're playing on the game, once you go in, it's the amount of distance and sprints and changes of directions that you cover is not up to you at all. It's up to the game and the demands of that day. But if you are able to do fitness on the side, then you can literally plan out like meter by meter, sprint by sprint. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and you can even progress that in a linear way. Like we talked about last time of saying, okay, I'm it's maybe August right now. I'm not a starter. I may not be starting until late September over the next eight weeks. I'm going to slowly increase my conditioning on these match day fitness programs. So that way when, when the time comes, I'm, I'm fit. And it was a manner that, it wasn't gradually or, or it was gradually increased and not done drastically. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's, how do we, so how do we deal with the, with the same day and next day fitness? Cause sometimes you have games, right? So how do you put that into the schedule when you have a game? Um, when the team, your team has a game, like where, where do you fit that in? Yeah, it, Some players have travel restriction. You, you always got to be ready to play, right? Which is why you really can't do your your optional fitness until after your game is over, right? So if you're a bench player, the, the idea is that at any given time, you could be called into the game. And if there's an injury at minute five, well, you're about to play 85 minutes, right? So um, it's best to do your post-match fitness or your optional fitness session right after the game 
because that keeps you in line with the rest of your weekly schedule with your team. And last week and the week before, we talked about the importance of planning out your week, right? And having certain days for sprint training, certain days for um, conditioning and and everything like that. Well, if you kind of tweak that calendar a little bit too much, then you're not on track with the rest of your team. Um, so ideally, you'd like to do your fitness that same day. Um, most professional teams, when they're playing at home, they go out and do their fitness literally right after the match. And you see this a lot of the times in the NWSL and the uh, women's uh, national team is you'll, you will see them do their fitness like literally right after the game. Um, another option is to do it the next day, right? And have that planned out in a way where the players who didn't play very much will do a more intense fitness session. And the ones that did play a lot uh, will do like a more recovery-based session. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything is packed and really, really scheduled. It's got condensed too. Now let's start, let's switch gear a little bit and talk about what goes into that little program that you're going to have to do to keep your fitness level high. Yeah, it's, I think this is where maybe GPS data and um, those trackers like stat sports or uh, catapult can be very helpful because whatever the, yeah, but if you're on a bench or you're not really, you don't, you're not really generating data as much because you're not playing as much. <laughs> this is <laughs> you know true. I mean? This is true. You, you might not get the, the benefit of having the GPS data because you're not on the field for 90 minutes. True. Well, if that's the case, so, if your teammate has one, then take theirs, right? Because let's say you're a backup right back and the starting right back currently um, has a tracker, then say, hey, let me mm-hmm. let me look at your data because that's so specific to your team and the role that you'll play. And whatever the numbers uh, you pull from that are the numbers you should be hitting in your um, in your fitness session, specifically for the number of sprints, your sprint distance, um, your high-speed running distance, changing of direction. Um, those all do, need to be players, in there. Do players do players have access to this data? Well, I'm sure the players have access to this data, right? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess it would belong to the team. But I mean, I guess if you know, okay. if a player asks nicely, I'm sure they would, <laughs> right? I mean, it's their data. I don't know so. how that dynamic will actually go. Yeah, I mean. Um, but. But what you said is right, though. You wanna, if you wanna do your your program, you wanna emulate that program to the guy that you're trying to replace if he gets injured. So you got, yeah, that that was a nice, that was good. Yeah, and if you don't, getting, if you don't have that data, then focus on your sprints, focus on high speed running. So not really, we'll call it some maximal sprints and then focus on changes mm-hmm. of direction. And if you guys actually just go on Google and search post-match fitness for soccer or football players uh, and look around, there's some pretty good uh, programs out there. I never understand the post-match fitness though when you mentioned it. Because after a game, a high-intense game, you're tired. I know basketball, it's optimal to actually start lifting. But this one is a post-match fitness. Because if you're dead and tired, why are you working on your conditioning still? Now, I never, I never actually got that part. Yeah, I mean it, that's more for the players that aren't tired, right? So the starters, oh, everything, okay. they're not doing it. But, oh, they're not doing yeah. that. Okay. I mean, it, even in the NBA, right? When a lot of players, when they play, they lift right after the game. 
it's because they literally do not have any other time to, to lift that entire week. So. Yeah, no, because their schedule is packed. It's, it's I remember packed. in college, I remember in college, um, I used to watch my soccer team. Um, they would play an intense game. Like guys used to like, you ever play a game so hard and you have a hard time like walking after the game? Not like you injured and whatnot. It's just like your legs are so so dead that you can't walk properly. And that's when the coach will think it's a good idea to just start running laps. So I was like, I never understood that because I'm looking at the players like, man, they, those guys can barely hit a stride. <laughs> and he having him, yeah, he have, he's having him run laps. I never understood that. Yeah, it's, but, I mean, laps are the one thing I think you shouldn't be doing on a, on a, uh, maybe maybe a little bit. And again, it depends on the level, right? If you're a lower level, um, if you're in a lower level, level league or a, a lower level of play, then it could be helpful because maybe the the limiting factor behind you not producing on the field is your aerobic capacity, right? Maybe you're just way out of shape and you can't run at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the higher you go, it's less of that, more of let's keep the sprint volume high to keep your hamstrings healthy. Let's keep the changes direction, the number of that high to make sure that your joints are able to maintain the load of a 90-minute match. Mm-hmm. If you run laps, you're not getting much of that. So, No, no, no. I just thought he was doing it for recovery, but you, you, take, you, take, you do that the next day or two days afterwards. Yeah. But I digress, man. That's not the topic. Yeah, I mean... I think this is an episode for people who are very introspective and can like truly recognize their role and understand the fact that like, okay, I'm on the bench right now. Can you accept that and slowly build from there fitness wise? And I think this is something that a coach will see and be like, okay, that person's got it or that, that girl, guy's got it. He wants to improve and is willing to put in the extra work. And guess what? When you do get your your chance, right? What if there is an injury, like we said, a minute five, and you got to play for 85 minutes, right? If you are fit, that is the standard. Like that is the bare minimum. If you're on the bench and the coach puts you in and you're not fit and you can't last 85 minutes, that's that's detrimental, right? No, that's on you. That's that's, That's on you. That's on you. Like for whatever. Like we're not going to blame you. Yeah, we're not gonna blame you for not having the um like the instinct, the fast paced reaction um that you get when you play a lot of games. Uh, but <laughs> if they put you on there, somebody injured and you gassed out, that is that is totally on you. Yeah. And it goes from the point of okay, this player is now on the bench versus I don't even know if I want this player on my squad. Right? Because if you're on the bench for whatever reason, there's the coach has a strong reason for that and he or she is iffy about you starting. And if you're not fit, you're just giving them more evidence as to, Oh, okay. That's why they're not ready. Yeah, you definitely don't want the coach. You actually don't want to give the coach more reason to um, not like you. Yep. This is true. Okay. I think that's about it. That's all, that's all we had for the day. I don't know if you have anything else to add. No, just pretty much it. I mean, pretty simple. If you're doing post-match fitness, do it either the same day or the next day. Um, It's most likely necessary if you're playing at a high level 
and you're not playing for uh, more than 60 continuous minutes per week. Um, and yeah, make sure you're including your sprints, high speed running and changes of direction in your program. All right. All right. See y'all next week. Peace out guys.